This is the seventh and the final message in this series, Do What Jesus Did. For the past six messages, we've shared with you six things that Jesus did that we should do. Starting with make every day count. Second message was embrace the process. <laughs> Third message, perhaps one of my favorites, simply says survive the wilderness. Any survivors in here? Look at somebody and say, I have survived the wilderness. Some of you are surviving yeah, the wilderness. Message number four was entitled, Choose Wisely. You got it. Amen. Message number five, Touch Somebody's Life. And on last Sunday, we shared with you a good old home-going country church type message which we shared from the topic burden bearer heavy load sharer somebody know that God is a burden bearer heavy load sharer and so now here we are the final and the seventh message of this series to do what Jesus did and I will confess I told you Tuesday night God gave me this message well over a month or so ago, maybe two months ago. I, I, I wrestled with God. I said, you sure you want me to preach this? He said, yes, I do. Because the word needs to bless somebody and let them know it's all right to do this. That we're going to talk about today because Jesus did it. Two references of Holy Scripture. First is found in the gospel, which was recorded by Luke chapter 19 and verse 41, the New Living Translation. Second, scripture is known as the shortest verse in the Bible. You memorize it even as a child. Some of you, the only Bible verse you still remember. Amen. Was John 11, 35. That was Mac's favorite Bible verse, Deacon Carlos. My daddy used to say, everybody say a Bible verse. And Mac and my sister Andrina used to fight over who would say John 11 and 35. Hear the reading of God's word. Luke chapter 19 and verse 41 says, But as he came closer, as Jesus came closer to Jerusalem, listen to this, and saw the city ahead the text simply says he began to weep and Jesus saw his favorite city and his chosen people he began to weep John eleven thirty five. two words real simple everybody know it somebody say Jesus wept <laughs> Jesus Web. The series is entitled, Do What Jesus Did. This is the seventh and the final message. Since we don't hug and touch because of COVID, I just want you to wave your hand at someone and say something to cry about. That's what I want to preach about. Something 
to cry about. Clap those hands as you take your seat. Something to cry about. This message is dedicated to all those crybabies like me. All those weeping willows. <laughs> all those folk that cry and not ashamed of the fact that I cry sometimes. Amen. Listen, I told the congregation this morning that I was touched. In fact, this message was inspired by an article I read in 2022. The article was published on October the 7th, 2017, in Medical News Today, a very outstanding and reputable publication. The article was entitled, Why It's Good to Shed a Few Tears. Listen, why it's good to shed a few tears. It was stated in that article that crying is a natural response that humans have to a range of emotions, including sadness, and grief, and frustration, and yes, joy. Crying is a range of emotions. It, 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 stem, it comes from a range of emotions such as when you're sad, when you're grieving, when you're frustrated, when you feel like you're at the end of your ropes. And yes, when you have joy. May I preach this? This article that really touched me tells us that it is important that we do not label crying as a sign of weakness. Somebody say the devil is a liar. This is to all of you macho strong folk that refused to shed a tear. I'm here to tell you, you may be hurting yourself. The article say we should not try to suppress our tears. It says doing so could mean missing out on a range of benefits. And I would add blessings. The article, which I encourage you, you can just Google it at some point and look it up. The article lists eight benefits of crying. I would like to, for the sake of time, just share briefly, before we get into the text, four of those benefits of crying. To let you know that it's all right to cry sometimes. The article says, the four that I've chosen, first one is that it releases toxins and crying relieves stress. Look at somebody and say, you ought to cry sometimes. It helps to relieve pain. 
by releasing endorphins into our body. Endorphins is what you get when you exercise. It's that feel-good chemical uh, that, that makes you feel good about something. The, the authors, which are two renowned medical experts, say crying releases these endorphins. And it actually, when it's done, makes you feel better. Sometimes you just got to cry it out. Am I preaching to some real folk? Third thing that I want to point out, third of the eight benefits of crying is that it helps to kill bacteria and keeps the eyes clean. The fourth one is this. It improves vision. It, it is with what is called the basal tear. So when you blink your eyes, certain tears that comes that, that moisturize your eyes. And it say this prevents what is known as mucous membranes from dying out and is healthy for your eyes. Y'all look at somebody and say, you ought to cry sometimes. Some of you are so mean, you can't cry about anything. You got some folk like that, right? I don't cry about nothing. They are so mean, they don't cry about anything. But live long enough. (laughs) Amen. When the enemy gets finished with you, Amen. You wish you had a crying partner. Listen, there are throughout Holy Scripture several examples in the Bible in which godly and and righteous people experience something to cry about. I want to share just a few of them again before we get into the text. Uh, The prophet Jeremiah comes to mind. Jeremiah was such a crybaby that theologians have labeled him as the weeping prophet. (laughs) Jeremiah cried, uh, it looks like all the time. He, He would cry, they don't like me. They are talking about me. It's tough doing this job. He was the weeping prophet. He often found himself crying. In fact, he says, when I tried not to preach and tried not to show emotions, it did not work. Uh, Take note of what Jeremiah writes in the 20th chapter and the ninth verse of the book of Jeremiah, the New Living Translation. Jeremiah says this, and I quote, I am worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. Look at somebody and say, I just can't do it. Some of you tried your best to hold it in. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to show emotions. But sometimes it's good to let it out. Tell somebody, give them permission. Say, it's all right. It's all right. The folk that talk about you don't count anyhow. Amen, somebody. Don't worry about what they say or think about you. Jeremiah said, I'm worn out trying to hold it in. I just 
can't do it. Listen, we're told in the book of Ruth, chapter 1 and verse 14, the Message Bible says that Naomi, the mother-in-law of Ruth and Oropah, her other daughter-in-law, it says this, they wept openly. Ruth, Naomi, wept openly with her two daughter-in-laws as they considered their dire situation. All three of their husbands were dead. They were living in a strange land that was going through a famine. They had no food to put on their tables. Had nobody, uh, no kinsman redeemer, Dr. Cheryl Washington, to take care of them. Uh, they decided we've got to go back to our homeland. And the Bible says that as one of the daughter-in-laws, Orpah, separated from Ruth and Naomi, that they wept bitterly. In other words, openly, they cried unto the Lord. Look at somebody and say, something to cry about. And then what about my favorite example of King David? Macho man David. David, the one who destroyed Goliath at age 17. David, the one who his own testimony said that I destroyed a bear and a lion with my own hand, with my rod and staff. You know David. David, the one that the women of Israel uh, created their own song about David the warrior. It goes like this. Saul killed his thousands, but David uh, destroyed his ten thousands. So nobody can call David weak. Nobody can say that David was soft. But listen to what David writes in Psalms 34 and verse 6. The New King James Version, David writes, This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. In other words, David said, I had to cry. I I know I, I destroyed Goliath, but I still had to cry. I know I killed a bear and a lion, but I still had to cry. I know that I am a great a macho warrior, but there were times in my life in which this poor man had to cry out. Then David goes on in Psalms 34 and verse 8 to write, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. I just want to, I want to make sure I'm in the right place. Anybody in here, after you got finished crying, you discovered that God was still good. Anybody know that God is still a good God? Don't fool me now. Are there any testimonies in the building of folk who had to cry all night long? But you discovered that joy comes in the morning. The old church, Mother King, understood this. 
and they and they shape their songs around their testimonies you know these fancy churches these days we've got all these fancy songs and stuff uh, that sounds good and they and they got the great keys and all of that but the old folk didn't have much they had a scrub bowl, they had a, a, a tin tub, and they had their voice. And you know at Deacon Albert Simmons, they used to get up in church and they would have a testimony service. Any of y'all know about testimony service? And they would sing songs like, Trouble in my way. I had to cry sometime. I laid awake at night, but that's all right Jesus oh y'all don't know about that we'll fix it ah. after what can I say it one more time trouble in my way look at your neighbors say I had to cry sometime late awake at night but that's all right Woo. who's gonna fix it Jesus will fix it. After a while, they went on Deacon Clarence Smith and said, stepped in the furnace. Y'all don't know about that, do you? A long time ago, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now they weren't worried. This I know. Jesus will fix it. After a while, after a while, after a while, after a while, somebody jump up and give God an after a while praise. Wave at your neighbor. Say, after a while, after a little while, after you suffered a little while, Jesus will fix it. Y'all excuse me. Y'all excuse me. I just remembered something that God did for me after I cried all night long. He'll fix it. Wave at your neighbor, say neighbor. He'll fix it. Y'all better sit down before church breaks out. Y'all better sit down before somebody gives God a praise. Y'all better watch it. Somebody's about to give God Trouble in my way. I had to cry sometimes. Laid awake at night. Throw your head back and say, That's all right. Won't he do it? Oh, y'all don't. Down. I told the church this morning I'm getting too old to preach this hard <laughs> but Jesus will fix it yes he will yes he will tell your neighbor yes he will Woo. 
I'm trying to move on, but yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. God of my weary years. God of my silent tears. Thou who has brought us thus far all the way. Thou who has by his might led us into this night. about it. Wave your hand at somebody and say, cry about it. Let me get through this message. Ooh. May I preach? Can I preach? Listen, of all of those examples, woo, of all of those examples, Jeremiah, Neremiah, Ruth, David, woo. Somebody feel like crying out right now. That's all right, baby. Holler until you feel something. Somebody give God your best holler. Give God your ah. Trying to, I'm trying to get through this message, Ooh, but I feel something. My father, Bishop Jackson, was a crier. <laughs> he would cry all the time. Ooh, because when you know and you know that you know, I, I, y'all just hold, y'all hold that a little bit, because I'm gonna get to that point. The best example. In all of scripture reference is Jesus. In our two text references, we have two examples. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all don't know what she went through to get that cry. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to preach this. Anybody laid awake at night? But that's all right. Oh, y'all. I need to share something with you. Yeah. Two references in the Gospels in which it records Jesus crying. We, we know about one, which is the second reference in John 11. But rarely do we hear about the other reference. The one that is found in Luke chapter 19. This narrative, in fact, was only recorded in Luke's gospel. Matthew, John, they did not record this, Mark, but Luke did. For it 
occurs at a very special time during the ministry of Jesus. In fact, it happened just days before his crucifixion. Historians, scholars tells us that it happened on what is widely known as Palm Sunday. Jesus borrows a donkey, says to his disciples, go tell the owner of the donkey that Jesus has need of it. And he approaches Jerusalem riding on a borrowed donkey. Not a white stallion, not a Bentley or Rolls Royce, <laughs> like a whole lot of these pimps, I mean preachers do today. But he, but he arrived on a borrowed donkey. And the Bible says, as he approached the city of Jerusalem, he looked at the city of Jerusalem and he began to weep. To fully understand this, Allow me just to get a little deep. You know, I'm not big in throwing out Hebrew and Greek words. I'd rather connect than impress, okay? Okay. So, but it is necessary to understand the context. This word weep in the original Greek was not a soft, passive cry. In fact, it, it, it literally means to cry out loud, to sob, to wail, to mourn. Jesus was literally heartbroken over the city he loved so much, Jerusalem. One commentary in fact, says that as Jesus was weeping over Jerusalem, the people in the city were engaged in a jovial party-like atmosphere. They were partying while Jesus was crying over their situation. Sounds like some of your kids and grandkids. <laughs> they out in the nightclub. And you're walking the floor, Lord, touch my grandson. Lord, bless them. They're out doing everything they're big enough to do and then dropping it like it's hot and doing it, shaking it all over the place. And you're on your knees crying. Whoo! Lord, keep them safe. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. And so as Jesus was crying over their situation, they were in the midst of a party celebrating the annual Passover feast. Now Jesus did not weep because of what they were doing at that moment. He did not cry because of what would happen to him a few days later on what is known as Crucifixion Friday or Good Friday. He wept because the city he loved 
and the people he cared about so much had rejected the ways of God. Can I preach? How many of us have cried so much over those we love who have rejected God? Can I just preach to some real folk? Some of you walk the floor at night ooh, <laughs> crying out their names for those who refuse to step foot in anyone's church. Those who now refuse to even acknowledge ooh, <laughs> that God exists. But yet you still pray for them and cry out their name. Jesus, when he approached the city, knew he was about to sacrifice his life for people who had rejected God and was about to reject him. Jesus cried because he knew the consequences of their actions. Go back and read the text. He saw the destruction afar off. In other words, Jesus cried because he knew what was to come. He knew because of their disobedience and their misdeeds that they would pay a tremendous and a horrible, horrific penalty for rejecting God. Do I have time to preach this? Go with me, if you will, to verses 43 and verse 44. I'm going to show you something. It says this, Jesus utters these words. He says, before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. He speaks about Jerusalem. Jesus says, and I quote, they will crush you into the ground. In other words, your enemy coming, and you may be parting now, and you may be having a good time now, but one day you're going to face the music, and the enemy is going to come and crush you into the ground, and your children with you. Jesus goes on to say, your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Whew, uh, that'll make you cry. You've got somebody you love and you know they're out there doing everything they're big enough to do, but you know judgment day is coming. And if they don't get it together, they're going to pay a penalty. They will be crushed because they did not recognize God when God visited them. Jesus wept over the people he loved because the people he loved had rejected God and would reject him. Can I preach this? That's why I had to slow y'all down. I didn't want you to miss this. Sometimes you cry not over your own situation. 
but you cry over the people you love knowing that they're headed in the wrong direction. I just want to make sure I'm preaching to somebody who under any living witnesses in here, you ever had to cry over somebody you love so much because they just didn't get it. That judgment day is on its way. So Jesus found himself weeping and crying over Jerusalem. That is the first reference. The second Reference in which Jesus cried, very familiar, John eleven thirty five. 35. Uh, Jesus' public cry was a lot more personal, uh, perhaps, than the first cry. His dear friend, Lazarus. Can y'all give me about 15 more minutes? I need to preach this. His dear friend, Lazarus, from Bethany, had died. You know the story. Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, and all of their friends were devastated and distraught over losing their brother. Jesus lost his best friend. Jesus uh, was hurt because those he loved were hurting. Unlike Jerusalem, not because of anything they had done. Did you see the connection? He cried over Jerusalem, Lawson, because Jerusalem had messed up. He cried with Mary and Martha uh, because they had done nothing wrong. But yet their heart was broken and their spirits were crushed. When Jesus saw their tears and the tears of those that were with them. The Bible tells us in verse 33, and it uses these words, Jesus was deeply moved. In other words, he was himself emotionally moved. Jesus felt sadness because those he loved so much we're going through something. Uh, if you can't feel for other people, then there's something wrong with you. Come on, somebody. If, if you can't feel when other people hurt, then there's something wrong with you. Some of us are so selfish and self-centered. Some of us are so full of ourselves that not only do we not cry with our own situation, but we can't cry with others. Look, I don't want nobody around me that's too proud to cry. You can't feel the hurt that somebody you love going through. Then who are you? Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the Messiah, uh, the Prince of Peace. Jesus felt their pain. Uh, Jesus says, Martha and Mary, I feel your pain. I, I was close to Lazarus also, but I feel your pain. And the Bible says... Although Jesus knew what he was going to do, uh, you know the story of how Mary ran up to Jesus heartbroken and said to Jesus, if you had only been here, whoo, uh, uh, our brother would not have died. Oh, Martha was of such a, what, uh, I said the same thing, if you had only been here, our brother 
would not have died. The Bible said Jesus knew he was the resurrection, but he was crying because they were hurting. And verse 35 simply says, Jesus wept. May I ask you a question? When was the last time you cried with somebody? When was the last time you told somebody it's all right? I'm here. You can cry on my shoulders and I'll cry with you. You ought to have such an anointing, such a spirit in your life that you can cry with and you don't care who's watching you and what they say about you or what they call you. You can cry with somebody because it is the right thing to do. Ah, look at somebody and say something to cry about. Jesus, in these two examples, he cried for Jerusalem and he cried with Mary and Martha. And that would be good if I end this message like that. But there's one other thing I need to point out. One other type of crying that I want to point out that perhaps a lot of you can identify with. This, this type of crying is not because someone was disobedient. This type of crying was not because someone was going through something. But this is a different type of crying. This type of crying is called tear of joy. I need to preach this somewhere. Listen, there, there is another type, tears of joy, and it is this, a special form of crying which can occur when one is involved in a situation, be it physical, emotional, spiritual, in which you experience great and overwhelming joy, especially when you remember what the Lord has done on your behalf. Who am I preaching to? I just need to ask, is there anybody in here ever thought about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for you and tears stream down your, don't fool me now. Anybody in here ever sit back and say, Lord, I remember how bad the situation was and look at me now. Anybody ever heard a song on the radio or played one uh, in your music collection and it remind you, just the other day, Regina, I sent you this. I was listening to Vashon Mitchell turning it around and I sat on my desk and God told me, Listen, God has done so many things for you. God turned your situation around and tears flowed down my face and it say he's turning it around for you. Anybody can give God a praise for turning your situation around. Is there anybody in the house who's happy that God has blessed you going in and coming out? Any witnesses in here? In In the Hebrew culture, there was something called Shabbat God. 
and it was when you go out to a conquest give God a praise before the war begins we call it war cry they said cry before the Lord King Jehoshaphat me if you only knew where God has brought me from if you had any idea of how far the Lord has brought me then you would understand I have to cry I've got to give God a shout of praise this in some context I got five more minutes <laughs> I'm gonna put this in some context Pastor Lawson Psalms 126 verses 3 and verse 5 uh, the Babylonians had held as exile the people of Israel but God had broken the chains Woo! and set them free Woo! anybody know that God can break the chains and God set them free. Where the psalmist picked up his pen and wrote Psalms 126, verse 3, a New Living Translation. He says, yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. Woo, 
can, can, can you think of one thing that God did for you that was absolutely amazing that only God could do? Somebody say, what joy? Wave at your neighbor and say, what joy? Said I used to be broke, what joy? Used to be sick, what joy? I lost my job, what joy? Folk wrote me off, what? Woo! We almost there, what joy? But look at verse number five. Verse number five. Those who plant in tears. Tell your neighbor, give me some room. Give me some room. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts cries, screams of joy. You've got 60 seconds to give God your best. War cry. War cry. There we go.
plant in tears. We'll harvest with shouts of joy. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Your blessing is on But joy cometh in the morning. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. Ooh, listen, I want you to know something. I want you to know something. Your crying is never in vain. Tell somebody it's not in vain. Three good reasons to cry. Three good reasons to cry. Get your phone out. <laughs> Three good reasons to cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number one, because of the devastation and hardships others are experiencing as a result of their own misdeeds and disobedience. It's all right to cry over your children. It's all right to cry over your grands. It's all right to call their names out in prayer. They may not be here but the Spirit can reach them wherever they may be. Woo. Second reason, because of the heartaches and hardships others are experiencing, not as a result of anything they may have done. First reason, cry for others. Second reason, cry with others. It's all right. 
Surround yourself with true friends that won't look down on you when you're crying, but they'll cry with you. <laughs> Put their arms around you and say, you don't have to go through this by yourself. Third and the final reason to cry is because of the joy we experience. <laughs> when we consider all the Lord has done on our behalf, tears of joy. Ooh, I, when I think of his goodness, all he's done for me, my soul cries out. Ooh, ah, yeah, 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 yes, yes, yes. Ooh, ah, my soul cries out, mother. Ooh, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Listen, it's all right. Tell someone it's all right. If you've got folk who judge your tears, they don't need to be in your company. Amen, somebody. If they judge your tears, they don't deserve to be in your presence. But surround you with somebody who, who won't judge your tears, but they understand what you're going through. Here's the good news. Song that Richard Smallwood wrote for this altar song. I love this song. It is one of my favorite songs. It says, don't be discouraged. Joy comes in the morning. Ooh. Know that God is nigh. Stand still and look up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bless somebody and say, God is going to show up. He's standing by. There's healing for your sorrow healing for your pain healing for your spirit there's shelter ooh, from the rain Lord send your healing <laughs> mm. for this we know <laughs> there is a bomb in Gilead to heal the soul. Amen, somebody. Right now, wherever you are, as our worship team blesses us, ooh, think about it. Just take a moment right now. This is the most important part of the service. You, you can't leave now. You can't tune in out now. This is where God talks to you right now. Ooh. Somebody standing next to you right now is going through something. God is speaking to them right now. Don't be discouraged. Ooh, sing Regina. Yeah. Joy comes in the morning. <laughs> Ooh. Northern 
to somebody right now. The shelter Healing is here. 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 Healing is
amazing things for us. What joy. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this final message of this series. Ooh. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that we all have something to cry about. Ooh. We can cry for others. We can cry with others. We can cry tears of joy for all that you've done on our behalf. Ooh. Thank you for reminding us there's healing for those that we are crying and praying for. There's healing for our broken heart. Ooh. Someone under the sound of my voice feel like Martha and Mary. They've lost someone real close to them. <laughs> They've lost a mother, a father, a sister, a brother, son or a daughter, grandmother or grandfather. <laughs> but I stopped by this morning to declare and decree. As Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection. <laughs> he that believeth in me, though he may be dead, <laughs> shall live again. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that we can see them again. <laughs> that our tears are not in vain. Now bless those that are not yet convinced. Bless those who, as they did in Jerusalem, they rejected your ways. Remind them that you are still calling them. You are still seeking them. You're still praying for them. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. Listen, before we say amen. There may be someone under the sound of my voice. Ooh. And you are not where you used to be. Ooh. Not where you should be. Maybe you don't have that relationship with the Lord. Maybe you did and for some reason you drifted away. Mm. I want to invite you after we say amen to this prayer to stand with me at this altar. To walk down those aisles. To come and say, here I am, my Lord. Ooh, I need that healing right now. And the church said, amen. Amen. If you're here right now, you want to make that commitment. Lord, I need you. Come on, choir. Tell us. So you, yeah. Yeah. Whoever you are, wherever you are right now. I want to make a commitment to you, Lord. I'm not where I used to be. Come on, others. God bless you. Look at God. Oh, yeah. 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 For there's a Come on, someone else. 
someone else. God's calling you right now. There is, there is. God's calling you right now. Wherever you are. It's never too late. It's never too late. If you're here, it's never too late. God bless you. Clap your hands for these.